Hello and welcome to another episode of the Northwest MX Podcast. Uh, this episode I sit down with uh, a good buddy, uh, Kit Ingwall. He uh, is a big part of the 125 Dream Race along with me and, uh, of course, my wife Megan. Um, he's been shooting photos of motocross uh, in the Northwest for, I mean, probably close to the last nine years and uh also uh he's got some other cool events that he's been uh working on and getting out there in the woods so um he talks a little bit about that but uh we have uh a good time so anyhow thanks for listening to northwest mx podcast long of a conversation are we gonna have i don't know it depends how long you actually talk for because right now it's about five seconds (laughs) (laughs) you just weren't gonna tell me you started recording (laughs) nope you're sitting here playing with my Probably micro one of my machines. favorite Hot Wheels. Is it a micro machine or is it a Hot Wheel? I meant Matchbox. Yep, Matchbox. It's a, uh, looks like an old Bronco or International with a trailer on it, and then it has a little dirt bike, but it's missing two of the dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, so what have you been up to? What what has Kit what has kept Kit busy over the summer, and then now and through winter, and now we're into spring. I mean, we spent plenty of time. You're obviously a big part of the. Uh, of uh well photo stuff in the northwest you've done a ton of photo stuff um project we work on together is the 125 dream race and that kind of ended summer and then you you from the looks of it you've just been growing your mustache <laughs> <laughs> yep that's about it yeah uh after the dream race uh my buddy kyle erickson and i had some volunteer time we needed to make up at the Tillamook State Forest for uh, a fun event we did last year, which was 21 and Hammered. And for me, it was it was a great introduction to working in the forest and um, meeting uh, Reed Brown and Jamal Reb. Those are the guys that manage the forest and the, the OHV system, whatever you want to call it out there, mm-hmm. um, that whole program. Dude, Megan was right. It's weird when you're being recorded. <laughs> It's like no one else is here except Sean. And he's not even paying attention to us. <laughs> it's 2019. You're being recorded all the time doing everything. Yeah, I guess. You know? But no, Jamal's cool. You should, you should hide one of these in your car with a little camera, like a dash cam. And every once in a while, you'll probably get some gold. <laughs> <laughs> Just press record. See what happens. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, me and Jamal and me and Reed kind of have had some conversations about... Uh, trails that need to be rebuilt or redesigned and and I've had kind of a lot of ideas that I've liked to I'd like to see kind of come to fruition um so I I guess like the the point of of that is I discovered through uh clearing a trail that had been like a section of uh the woods got clear cut and it completely destroyed the trail so that was that <laughs> di- that diamond mill uh, or outside of Diamond Mill, right? Yeah. There's a trail that you're working on that you guys finished up? Yeah, and it was actually pretty funny how we found it. So we hit a new trail out there that we hadn't ran before, and it was it was a fun one, and we got down, and I was like, oh, here's the map. Uh, looks like the trail uh, drops down to the road. Let's go that way. My buddies are like, uh, okay, it looks pretty screwed up. Like, it's it's fucked. <laughs> and well, so anyway, we dropped down it, and yeah, it was it was pretty messed up. Uh, you, can get, you can get in trouble quick out there in some areas yeah yeah the trail was a one-way downhill um according to the map and so we we were a little bit reluctant to go too much further once we found some of the clear-cut action happening um 
we weren't feeling like Graham Jarvis that day. <laughs> so we, we turned around and, and tried to rip back up it and we made it, but it was definitely, uh, you had to work for it. Yeah, I know what, uh, I think I was out there, you, you were showing me, it wasn't finished last time I was out there with you, but in sense, you guys have, uh, have finished it, but, uh, uh, it seemed like a pretty cool process. I know every time you're on the phone or I was on the phone with you, you're stoked on it. You know, they're trying to dig into that whole atmosphere of, of how the trail systems work and how, who manages them and, and mm-hmm. how, how do you do, uh, certain things on them. But, uh, it kind of brings you back. You've always been like that. Uh, you always look at things differently, you know? And I always thought that was cool about you. Cause you, you're not like you're the turnkey moto guy. And I mean, moto's not really your background though. You know, like you, you've rode forever but I remember when I first met you, you've always been kind of like that, like you've always thought of stuff a little bit different and I always thought it was cool. And I think that's what always made your photos uh, killer. Like, how'd you get involved in shooting photos and photography and all that into things? Man. Yeah. I, I mean, to touch on my background, my dad, well, this is actually, I actually really like this story. It's kind of funny. You bring that up. Uh, my oldest cousin uh, got, a 1980 Z50, Honda Z50. Like, I mean, when he was a kid, he's 40, in his 40s now. And uh, when he outgrew the bike, he gave it to his little brother. And then when his bro- his little brother outgrew it, it went to one of my cousins that wanted it. And then when I finally got it, I think I was like nine years old. So I was already too big for it, but it didn't matter. I was like, dude, I have a dirt bike. And uh, and so that's kind of what started me, um, got me started, in, you know, riding. Uh, my dad took me up to Brown's camp. And literally, like, walked behind me while I rode this Z50 away from him on a trail that neither of us had been down. And I remember getting to one point on a trail, and I I found these other dudes that were out riding, just chilling. Probably drinking beers or something, you know, hanging out. And I'm sitting there talking to them, you know, I'm like nine years old, just shooting the shit with these guys. And they're looking at me like, where the hell did this kid come from on a Z50, you know? He's got little cat work boots and like garden gloves, <laughs> you know? And then my dad comes walking up and, and they're like, oh, so he is supervised. <laughs> and, uh, and your dad wasn't on a bike. No, this is the first time he ever took me out, you know, woods riding kind of deal. And, uh, he literally said like, oh, let's try this. You just go down until you feel like you've gone too far and then come back. And yeah. I stopped instead of coming back. So he came and found me. <laughs> but after that, uh, my my uncle Keith um, had, I think we discovered that's a 73 Yamaha AT1. Uh, this bike is currently dismantled, sitting in Joey's back uh, sideways barn. <laughs> sideways saloon. <laughs> um, Coming soon. The, so that was the bike that my uncle let my dad borrow uh, so he could keep up with me and we could kind of, you know, do our trail adventures. Um, so fast forward, I was a trail rider. You know, like I loved the woods. That was my escape from freaking, you know, high school, I guess. <laughs> and uh, and then kind of after high school, once I got, I think I got, I got a Jeep Cherokee. And my dad helped me build a bike carrier for it so I could like get myself to and from, you know, Riding. the track or whatever. And the track was, you know, when you're, when you grow up a woods rider, the track's always this thing that's like, ooh, I want to do that one day. And I was. It could be intimidating for a lot of people too when there's. Like, oh yeah. Oh, everybody's standing here watching me now. <clears throat> right. Totally. <laughs> Especially when you're a squid billy like I was and didn't know how to break check over a jump. So you just totally nosed it every time right. until you learned. And I, I actually, uh, I started riding track at Mountain View. 
that was the first track I ever rode. Um, minus like a couple random jumps here and there in dudes' backyards. But yeah. So Mountain View, me and my buddy Kenny started racing at PIR and I kind of met a ton of people there. And then I met you at a PRO series race at Albany. And I couldn't uh, remember if it was Albany or at PIR that I, that I met you and we started talking about stuff. Yeah. It had to have been. It was one or the other. It had to have been close to 10 years ago, mm-hmm. nine or 10 years ago. And I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head who, who it was. It was that, uh, we, I was BSing with them and they're like, yeah, well, you know, kit like, and I was, it was like, I bet you it was Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Might've been. Um, but yeah, like you've, uh, you've always had a cool, uh, photo. So, so yeah. So how did you pick the camera up? So that's how you started riding. So now, mm-hmm. we're, now we're, where's the camera come into play? Shoot. My, my older sister, I have two older sisters, uh, the one, well, the middle, the middle child. I never know how to like, what, you know, <laughs> how do you, how do you explain that? <laughs> Especially on microphone, man. You just can't think. <laughs> so anyway, uh, my, my immediately older sister, Jessie, um, was always really into film photography, um, in high school. I think she, she worked at a camera shop developing film and, um, and every summer, in her high school days, she would fly to Italy for two weeks with my oldest sister. Um, and they would, they would just kind of travel. And that was always really appealing to me as a kid because I was too young at the time to like go with them. Um, and so one of my goals was like kind of a couple of years after high school, I wanted to travel. And so we made like a, a siblings trip and we went to Peru and, uh, I'd saved up. I think the first camera I got was like $1,300 with a, with a lens and a, a memory card. And so I, I got that thing, went to Peru and kind of just messed around with it, learned how to use it and got home and was like, dude, this is fun. Uh, photography, like it, it's, it's cool. You know, I enjoyed it. And I think I went to the Wishugal national that summer and it kind of clicked for me. I, I saw everybody running around with the, the media vests and the cameras. And I was just like, dude, yeah. Yeah. Cause when you're young, you know, if, if no one's, if no one in your family owns their own business or ever like kind of shows you a way outside of just a career, like a job career, you don't really, you know, at, at least when I was in high school, I graduated in 07. So that was like right when the iPhone was kind of coming out and doing, doing things, changing stuff. Um, so I didn't really know what the hell I wanted to do with my life. And I knew I wanted to do something in motorcycles in the industry. And I think at the, in, in high school, I was like, dude, I'll be, I'll be a mechanical engineer and I'll, I'll, be on a team or I'll do, you know, something like that. Yeah. That was the only thing I could think of at the time as an entry. And then, uh, went to that race and and saw that, you know, firsthand and was like, okay, this is cool. Those guys get paid to freaking travel the country shooting dirt bikes. Like it's a really fun environment. Like this is cool. How the heck do you do that? Right. Randomly. Um, I was talking to one of my cousins and she knew somebody at the Oregonian, kind of fast forward. I ended up with a press pass to the do action sports tour at Portland and went and shot photos of that kind of like just as a, I don't know, an opportunity that just happened to have, you know, happen, happened to happen. <laughs> yep. Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, dude. The and, Dew tour. And that's, that's honestly, that was when I decided I was like, I want to do this somehow. I want to do this. Action sports were super fun. And I think because I hadn't spent years at a track shooting dirt bikes only, 
that was my first big event that I ever shot. And I got to shoot skate vert, bike vert, bike dirt, uh, BMX park, like every discipline they had to offer. Yeah. I got to shoot and was right there. And, um, I met a good buddy, uh, named Max who literally like walked up next to me with like two cameras, you know, mo- you know, the photographers listening will know that you usually at action sports events or most events, you'll have a wide zoom and a, a telephoto zoom just cause you can maximize your shots that way. Especially you have, you know, clients, you have to get a lot of content for them in a short period of time. So I was all, you know, blown away. I was like, dude, I have like this tiny little camera <laughs> with a kit lens that doesn't do much. And, this and you have to badass. go, and you have to go <laughs> in between photos and snap it and then mail them in. <laughs> no, not quite. It was digital, but dude, it was old. And yeah, so I, I tapped this dude on the shoulder. And I was like, yo, what are you, who do you shoot for? Like, what, what's your story, man? You have, I'm jealous. <laughs> and he's like, he started laughing and he was like, uh, I guess I'm kind of shooting for NBC, but is that your camera? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you want to shoot with one of mine? And I literally was just like, dude, that's nice. amazing. And so he let me shoot with one of his, you know, setups for the night. And I think it was BMX vert that we shot. And, uh, I still have those photos, but it, I don't know. It's just one of those like magical things that, you know, the stars aligned and I got to do that. And, when you first start out with photography, that's the, cool. The gear is like, it's like getting a new dirt bike. You just sit there and stare at it, you know. Right. And uh, so that was just really that was a really cool experience. I still talk to Max. He's he's a badass photographer. Um, he actually made a name for himself in skateboarding, yeah. and that that was his gig. So I think maybe some of that style transferred over. But um, eventually, I don't know. I think I ended up at PIR shooting photos and. One of the Wilders probably shooed me out of there, told me I couldn't be on the track because they're funny like that sometimes. But uh, yeah, PIR, Mountain View, Washougal, just started shooting local races, having fun. And then once I did finally meet you, we did the PRO series for a handful of years and helped out with the Duvall's series. And uh, Yeah, that was a good timing. That was that was uh, putting a lot of that into it was proving... I mean, photos are a huge part of everybody's existence in moto. I mean, not only is it a photo showing you that, yeah, I do ride dirt bikes, you know? I mean, it's probably somebody's Tinder profile pic, <laughs> you know? It's to show, you know, prove your sponsors that you're out there and prove that stuff. So, yeah, hats hats off to all the photographers that have always been out there and, you know, killing your, destroying pairs of shoes as you go around and and go around not not to mention like camera equipment you know you're dragging that shit through the dirt all day long mm-hmm. but um but yeah you've always had done that you did a cool uh show at cc last year i think you're gonna do one this year again right like a one of your uh photo shows down at cc yeah april 5th uh friday april 5th at cc their little is coffee that, shop is that fun for you to actually show off like final products like to everybody oh, i love it you know? I, I think that in the future doing more of that or, or finding ways to do more uh, like tangible printed photos in like a show environment mm-hmm. um, is really cool to me. I don't, I mean, if any of the listeners have ever been to like a gallery where it's, you know, a photographer's gallery, um, I don't know if you like art in general, you, you understand that feeling when you, you sit and stare at something that's like 10 feet tall. Right. And it's, you know, it's a piece we, of art or it's a photo. It just has a different, uh, like you figure out the style yeah figure out a style if it's a if it's a dude sculpting something or if it's somebody 
painting something or in your case shooting something you figure out like the style of the artist and then if you like that style you're probably going to like everything there that the artist does for the most part right because you right. figure out that style you, you're into that style of of uh however it's shot or built or formed <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know the right term for me <laughs> forming a sculpture <laughs> yeah and and i guess to elaborate a little on on the style that i've always tried to put into moto or or just all of my photos is uh kind of a national geographic landscape style where you look at this awesome scene but then there's something happening within the scene. So in nature, it'd be like, you know, this badass photo of a lake in a mountain, you know, setting. And then there's like an eagle with a fish in its claws, like somewhere, you know, something or that you have to spot, which is again, why I like uh, big blown up prints because it allows you to sit there and stare at it for a second and really see what's going on. Like that photo I shot of you over at Klein Butte in the Canyon. I was just thinking of that one. Yeah. It's that like this awesome. big scenic photo. You're in the bottom of a canyon. The gear is like poppy. Yep. And you're like this little speck that you don't appreciate that photo on a platform like Instagram or, you know, a small screen, but printed in front of you, you know, say 60 inches long or mm -hmm. wide, you see that and you're like, right. oh, dude, that's badass. I didn't even see him down there. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. So it's fun to when, shoot those kind of When photos. we went to that location too for that fox shoot, I had no idea that there was that in the background yeah. i just knew that the canyon was awesome right right because you're just riding back and forth trying to help everybody get their well, shots well we're, yeah <laughs> but before when we walked up there and hiked up there and started setting it up i knew about it but i didn't know about it as far as like that was the actual look from up above i knew that the you know that the mountains were back there but i didn't think it was going to be that good from that exact spot you know mm -hmm. to where that exact shot you got like i didn't know the valley existed before the mountains too because it's like the canyon the immediate canyon in front of you, then there's like the valley that folds out behind it, and then the mountains up there. Because I just didn't think there was enough altitude right there to look into there that way. But mm -hmm. the way that came together was awesome for that for that shot for sure. Um, but yeah, but then you have this whole other side of life where you you like to go in the woods with a with a jeep that I still don't think exists because <laughs> I've only <laughs> no actually I have seen it, but I've never. I've never seen it. I don't know. Maybe I've seen you idle around in your yard, but I've never seen it wild in the woods, you know? And But then again, you've never seen my Ford Ranger, though, wild. You've only seen it a couple of times. Yeah. You just borrowed that from your buddy and threw a sticker <laughs> on it, your number. <laughs> uh, but that whole side of adventure that you've done for a long time and like King of the Hammers and things like that and those adventures that you've gone on, you've always kind of like went those directions, you know? Yeah, I... That. It's, I, I look at my craving for diversity and like whatever I do in life is, is a blessing and a curse because I've had a ton of experience like shooting different things, you know, whether it's four wheel based, two wheel based, uh, motorized or non-motorized, you know, like some of the skateboarding stuff I was talking about. Um, so I've kind of got a taste of a little bit of everything and I enjoy it all. And it's the, the side thing is called off-road syndicate and I created it ironically on Instagram a few years back. Uh, actually, I think it was probably more like four or five years ago. <laughs> but I literally created it because I I felt like I wanted to showcase that side of what I do, like four wheel uh, adventure out in the woods, like kind of just just showing showing the lifestyle around off road 
that I, like, I couldn't find any accounts that did this. And, you know, most people, um, that, uh, that discover something that's missing will, will build it or offer it. And so that's kind of right. what I did. Right. And it started out with a ton of my photos. And over the years, like I've kind of just curated different people's photos and, um, you know, everybody's building something cool these days. So it's just fun to feature different things. And, um, it's, it runs the gamut of, of off-road things, but basically to describe it in three words is it's, it's, it's like rock crawling, enduro and good times. Yeah. And, uh, and through that is what I have kind of started doing events through. It's like, um, not an event production company, but it's, it's a leg of that kind of company where 21 and hammered like the trail ride for old bikes. Like that's lives through that. Um, doing other off-road events in the future that I'm still scheming on. Like that'll everything off-road based and out in the woods, like that's where that will happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's just become a really cool outlet for me to do that through, you know, the trail building, the, like helping, you know, the guys with the Tomek State Forest, um, improve, you know, like you're kind of getting into UTV racing and, and potentially off-road and that trail system is cool and they've done a lot of work and like a really good job so far, but it doesn't loop. And so there's just like a handful of little things that I think could be done to improve that trail system for that experience and, you know, give something or give the people something new, uh, to drive or to kind of skill build with like diamond mill, whoever's ridden, ridden there knows they have like a little trials section in the back right. corner. And that's, it's killer for people to go, you know, rip around on some logs and some rocks and, you know, they're right there in camp. Well, that same idea I'd love to see happen, uh, somewhere near a staging area for, uh, rock crawling or UTVs where, you know, it's more of like a skill building course, but it's not super far from camp. So if you do break or you're, you know, you're inexperienced, right. you're not too far away if you do yeah. need help. That's what we were just talking about that at like Ladie Flats, like how they started adding that like right out of the trailhead, like yep. over the top, you know. But yeah, that's a good point to um, to to give that option. But I'm sure it's a, I mean, for Jamal and all those guys, like it's, a, you're getting the off-road Jeep crowd coming towards you this side, right? Then you're getting like the single track guys dirt bike guys coming at you this way then you're getting like the maybe utv or atv guys coming at you this way and everybody wants something different everybody wants their like virgin single track everybody wants their like <laughs> well everybody everybody really wants the same thing that the biggest issue is we need more volunteer support um for maintenance there's so much use that 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 forest sees that the more trails you build and the more routes people have to take the less the main routes will get hammered because it, you're dispersing the use. Yeah. But, but the other end of it is if, if each of those disciplines had like a, you know, a good group of people that stepped up and did volunteer work, um, on a consistent basis, not just like, Oh, I'm going to adopt this trail for a year and then just fall off the map. You know, it's, I know people's lives change and priorities change, but that's the biggest obstacle is they're a very small crew with a very large amount of man, uh, land to manage. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean like Omra just, just gave, uh, lion Payne this killer award for his, you know, work that he's done out there. That guy's built most of the good trails you and I have ridden for single track. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that, uh, that's kind of something I'm trying to do is just like show people that trail building is fun. You know, if you enjoy, if you enjoy being in the woods, 
like give back every once in a while. You know, you don't always have to go ride the same stuff. Um, and I think that, you know, part of it, I'm going to call people out. Like they're lazy. They just want to have their good time and, and not think about it, you know? Well, yeah, but, cause I mean, I, on my shows on Netflix, I need to get home and watch my show. I can't be out there cutting trail or anything really. <laughs> and basically I feel very, very lucky to have met a group of guys that does enjoy both. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll pack our, our, <laughs> uh, our backpacks full of, you know, snacks and booze and, and, you know, it, maybe this doesn't sound super responsible, but whatever people can talk shit if they want to, <laughs> but yeah, we go, we go freaking, hey, it's important to have a good time too, you know, <laughs> as long as you pick your beer cans up. Yeah, totally. We, uh, you know, we'll go clear trail and, and get some work done and it's fun because at, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's kind of like logging. Like I, I just started helping my buddy do that late, uh, lately and, uh, I enjoy it. Like I, I, at the end of the day, I look around and I'm like, this is a killer setting to work in. Yeah. You know, I spent for almost four years working with Red Bull and in, in like all of the metros, you know, Portland, Seattle, and like, not to say I'm completely burnt out on that world, but that's it's just nice to not, be in the woods. Yeah. It's not, it's not always like the best environment. You get really chaotic and overwhelmed. And I, I feel like for me to calm myself down, calm my, slow my mind down, the more time I spend out in the woods, it's like, that's, that's my reflection time. You know, yeah, you every, sit every time I go to Southern California for work, I get like anxiety because I can't like just go to the woods if I need to. Right. <laughs> like at least if you're in downtown Portland, at least, you know, 45 minutes in a direction, you could get pretty close to being in some sort of woods, you know, add another like, you know, 15, 20 minutes of that. And you can at least be standing in the woods where you can't see anything else but the woods. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> And 30 minutes past that, you find Bigfoot. But maybe. Maybe he's 30 minutes there. past that, you're running from Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, 21 Hammered. We did that last year. That was the first year you did that event. It was super fun because we took me and Rory, took the wives out there. We took four. We I think we told this. Still, we told this story. To yeah. that off. <laughs> we, to, we told this story, I think, on Rory's podcast. But we brought four bikes. They all ran and operated perfectly the night before, but we left two outside the shop. And I mentioned, I go, just because we left those guys out, they're going to be pissed and they're not going to run right tomorrow. <laughs> sure as shit, we drag them all the way out there to Brown's camp, pull them out. XR250 is not going to start. Everything, dude. I went through, well, everything was short of like really tearing it down, but everything you're going to do at the trailhead, you know, could not get the thing to run. It's like, okay, all right, we're <laughs> four of us on three bikes. Let's go. <laughs> and the other one we left 40 out. 40 miles. Yeah, the other one this. we left out was the XL125. That one made it, I shit you not, that one made it maybe 50 yards into the first trail, and the tank clogged with rust. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to flip it upside down. We, you know, finally we figured out what was going on and we pulled it apart and blew, blew everything out. And then, and then it kept going, but about every, probably about every, I don't know, five miles or so the chain would fall off of that one. So that yeah. one kept, that one kept you honest when you're riding it. They were two up on the XR 500. Then there were, then there was the XR 180. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is Franken bike, <laughs> yeah, which is the 95 CR 125 with a 99 XR 100 motor. And that one was fun, but that and one's KLX 110 plastics. <laughs> yeah. That one's got like, a top speed of maybe 20 miles an hour the way the gearing set up on it so you could you could do some rock crawling on that one for sure oh yeah uh 
but yeah, no, it was a fun event. It was it was cool to be out there. I actually saw Jamal out there on the trail because we got to a T, and I think we were at the point to where we were just trying to figure out exactly how to get back. Um, we we're at Lida Camp or something. I can't remember, but anyhow, we uh, BS with him for a little bit and uh, looped back, but he was out there checking it out and, and seeing it all go down. But uh, uh, yeah, that, that'll be fun. It gives me a reason. It's fun for me because it gives me a reason to pull out all my garbage and fucking take it out on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and all those hammered old bikes. Give, well, give them a reason. Give them a life to live. You know, and give them a reason to you know to be here. And you're part part of the other now infamous bike, the Ted Hoosk. Um, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're part of that whole scenario when uh, we were heading to Albany to do some. 125 dream race photo stuff and some practice stuff but to get some photos and and uh i was at apex aaron's shop in the back of that the week prior i think and this old guy was in there ted and he was just like yeah but i got this old old uh uh 400 cross uh hoosk 400 cross is what he says to aaron aaron starts laughing at the counter and he's like i have no idea what you just said man <laughs> <laughs> and I come walking out of the back, and he's already got it pulled up on Google. And he's like, uh, I go, yeah, you got one of these? And he was like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, and I go, what's the story on it? And he's like, oh, it's, I've been riding it up in Tillamook Forest for his entire life. You know, I was up there, you know, a few months back riding it. And this guy, I can't remember how old. Do you remember He was how, in his 70s. Yeah. And I was like, no shit. It, and uh, so he just gave me his card or wrote his number down. He's like, yeah, if you want to come check it out come see it. He's like, I'm just getting too old. Needs to go to somebody else, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had that card. I mean, when we were driving down to Albany, I was like, Oh, I should call this dude <laughs> and called him. And he's like, yeah, if you want to come, you can come a little bit later today and take a, take a look at it. And, and, uh, anyhow, yeah, that was another, so we ended up picking up that. That's uh made a cool story about that on motor the Northwest, but, uh, another, another motorcycle adventure that's called, sometimes I feel like that's where I'm at now. I got, I, I've started to not just buy bikes because I know the road that I go down. <laughs> <laughs> and you end up with 36 in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I think I've realized that I, I enjoy the chase to find the bike. And I think probably a lot of collectors or hoarders or whatever you, you want to classify it as, uh, they enjoy like the, ch- the chase of like, I started telling one of my other buddies the other day i was like dude i remember me and my dad one time and went and bought a dirt bike out of the nickel ads now yeah. that's such a vintage way to buy shit about my first three bikes that way right but you think about it it's like you just read and it's funny my dad still talks this way he's like yeah you could put this on for sale and like just make it say like bike or you know like 78 bike you know f- number four sale and then uh uh runs okay needs tire you know o- obo like and i'm like dad you know now on the internet you can put full sentences in <laughs> you can write you, out you don't full have a, an inch long by half inch tall yeah it's not it's in. not a hundred characters and that's it right like you ha- you can just write full sentences now but back then it was like i remember just reading through like nickel ads and it would just say like shit like that right and you're just like that was your saturday afternoon we're gonna oh, yeah. go see what this is in woodland or what this is and wherever right where you could show up and it could be a picture of one of those bikes you don't know 
you know, a model. <laughs> and there's uh, there's no bike. yeah, there's no place to talk shit, you know, to that dude that you couldn't comment underneath his Facebook for sale post and say this was garbage. It was an actual photo of the bike. This guy sucks. And then you, could, it was just a, it was a nickel ads ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah that was an that was another one and in your your yamaha that's that's uh that's stuff back there in the sideways saloon one day hopefully it'll it'll see uh it'll see some some sun again but you have your your beta now but did you sell did you get rid of your honda yeah you find okay so yep. you could get rid of that finally found a new home for the that. og bike there um but yeah you've been riding that uh that beta you love that thing huh i think it's a trail machine um I want to rewind though. So I posted a photo of, of the old Ted Hoosk and I forget his name, but somebody commented saying that they grew up riding with him and his boy. And it it blew my mind. I was super stoked. I was like, dude, no way. Like, this is awesome. Nice. And so I can't remember if I messaged the guy or not, but I basically was saying like, Hey, it'd be, I'm really trying to twist Joey's arm into riding this thing or at least bringing it out to 21 and Hammond this year. It'd be awesome if you could invite Ted just so he could come out and check it out and have a good time. That you would know, be cool to let Ted ride it. Yeah. Or show you how to start it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you starting it was the best part because you're looking at me because we had it. We actually took it. I forgot. We took it to your parents' house yep. after we bought it. And uh, we were in your parents' backyard and you're sitting on it checking it out. And you're like, you don't want to ride this thing? And I was kind of just like, I don't know. I don't really have boots on or anything. And you're like, what do you need boots on for? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And so I definitely you, had vans on, right? <laughs> but yeah, those of you that don't know that the that year Husqvarna is a seventy-one uh, four hundred cross, and it's the sh- so the shifter and the rear brake to start or for starters are on the opposite sides. So if you freak out, you downshift, you don't hit the brake. <laughs> <laughs> the scary part number one. Also, the kickstarts on the other side. So you're just like. Just along for the ride as far as like, oh, the Kickstarter's just right here, you know? I might as well just give her a whale <laughs> Yeah. in your vans, and then you and figured then it out what was back. going on. Yep, yep. <laughs> it breaks your ankle. No, that, that, would, that would be cool to uh, to hit up Ted, see if he wants to come ride the old Ted Hoosk and continue the chapter of his of his the legacy of the Ted Hoosk machine. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you, you bring like your little recorder and, and get him to tell you a story of the bike out there. Yeah. You know, we're going to, so to talk, talk about 21 and hammered real quick, like Saturday, we're going to have a hill climb challenge and, uh, and just kind of a, a good times party a little bit on Saturday night. And then the ride, where's is, the hill climb going to be at? So the the event starts out of light camp this year. So we're going to camp out of light camp. We're gonna, yeah. Well, we're going to camp, camp, at, camp at a light camp. camp. Yeah. <clears throat> cool thing though, is there's, there's three or four cool hill climbs right there within, you know, a few minutes ride. One of which is um you just drive up the road. I think it's called Gotcha Beat or Bet You Can't. It's one of the two. Um killer killer hill climb for people that, you know, are spectating. Mm-hmm. Uh I I honestly don't think anybody's gonna make it up that hill. Nice. Like it's a pretty pretty steep hill. Um you should put a bell at the top so they have to ring the bell if they make it to it. So everybody knows <laughs> that they horn. made it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the, like when you have to climb the rope, you know, and you yep. get to the top and hit the bell. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be really cool if he could, you know, if we can get a hold of him and he'd come out, you know, get him to tell you a story about, cause that's where he used to ride that bike, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's where all the dents are from. Totally. Or the <laughs> smashed wheel. 
<laughs> yeah. or, or literally the mud that's probably still on it. Yeah. It's from that forest. It's original, man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to spit shine it. People loved it at the one show. You had a chainsaw to anything. <laughs> yeah. A shovel, some rope, a chainsaw. I think it was cool. <laughs> one guy was blown away. He's like, well, obviously you'd put a husky chainsaw on a husky bike. <laughs> Good thing you did. <laughs> like, what, why would you put would you put a steel on it? Yeah, that, I don't know. It got it's. I've seen it in a lot of videos from uh, from the one show, uh, which has been cool. But I don't know. It's just another another motorcycle event that happens. There's a lot of motorcycle events now. Yeah, there are. One show making a good one. He tour had it figured out doing it in February, but you got to do it inside. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that'll. Uh, I mean, this year we had every five years it gets snow. <laughs> It's another five years little snow on the on the one show. <laughs> Dang. But well anyhow, um yeah. Twenty one and hammered, that'll be fun. We'll drag Sean out there too and the, all the rest of my garbage. Yeah, he's got a KDX now. What year is it? Uh Perfect. Seven. Ninety eight or older is legal. <laughs> Joey Unless Joey's. you have unless you have a fake a yeah. bike with a fake ID. <laughs> But it's not. <laughs> Everybody that has a 99 or 2000 year bike, we, no, it's we <laughs> might be checking ID. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, no, I, I am a 95 CR 125. <laughs> Dude, you have an aluminum frame in your photo, man. <laughs> this, is not, yeah. this, is, this is definitely a, uh, a fake ID. But all right. Well, yeah. Good times. Thanks for coming in. That was at the end. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but we're about ready to fire up the sauna. Have you ever been in a wood burning sauna? No, not actual wood burning. Because you say you go in saunas a lot at the gym, right? Yeah. There, it's, it's just, just the, your standard gym sauna with right. the rocks that you can't pour water on. And other sweaty dudes. Sometimes there's chicks on there, but yeah. <laughs> It's rare. <laughs> it's rare. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine is not done. It's done enough to make you sweat. <laughs> but I haven't built a bench in there yet. We just have like our some teak like wood chairs in there right now. But um, it definitely gets the job done for sure. It's a good time. We were in it last week when it was snowing, and it was it snowed like four inches while we were inside of it. <laughs> Talk about coming out just sweating and steaming and you're breaking trail, you know, through oh, the man. snow. It but might be worse tonight with the wind and the, the colder. We're going to get out of there and our sweat's all just going to freeze instantly. Oh, radical. All right. Well, we're going to go. See let's if go we can make, get Sean to wear shorts. Yep. Let's go make a fire. Yeah. The <laughs> overall goal. <laughs> all all right. right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good times. There you go. Thanks for listening to the Northwest MX podcast. And uh, yeah, check out the uh, Kits event, uh, 21 and Hammered. If you got an old, uh, if you got an old bike there that's uh, 21 years or older, and uh, go uh, gives you a, a reason to take it out in the woods, like I do some of my old bikes. But uh, um, we'll also see we're working on some new uh, new stuff for the 125 Dreamway race this year. Uh, so you will be able to uh, check that out. So again, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.